solid as a rock and a launch pad for your life. Apply now. The Money Show. The Markets. All time now for the markets with Mary Pick, portfolio manager at Old Mutual Investment. The JC listed industrial group Barlow World today saying it will unbundle its car leasing and renting business, Avis Budget, and list on the JSE under its subsidiary Zeta. Now, the unbundling represents a, comp- a completion of uh, Barlow World's non core asset sales programs. We'll be looking at that and other market movers today with Merrill Pick, the portfolio manager at Old Mutual. Uh, Merrill, uh, welcome again to the Money Show. Good evening and good evening to your listeners. What do you make of Barlowell's decision to now move uh, its, 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 its uh, Avis business into Zeta? Of course, Zeta is one of their subsidiaries and it's going to be listing on the 13th of December. What do you make of that move? Yeah, I think um, the positive thing is it is in keeping with their communicated strategy. Um, since Dominic took the helm, I think possibly... Uh, maybe five years ago, I forget the exact date, um, he's been quite strongly focused on um, two things. Number one, improving the capital allocation within the group, um, and then also changing the level of cyclicality in the group's earnings. So I think this decision falls in line with, kind of ticks both of those boxes. Number one, the Exposure to car sales, um, leasing and rental was quite cyclical. I think particularly during COVID, saw the worst impact of the car sales and the car rental part. Um, but also those businesses over time were struggling to, um, to keep up with the returns hurdles of the group. Yeah. Um, and they absorb a lot of capital, especially the leasing business. So this has been communicated to investors as a, um, long-term strategy for a number of years now, and it's good to see execution. I think um, our initial assumption was that these businesses might be sold on, um, so I think perhaps they were struggling to execute on a sale and have decided to um, unbundle it as the the next you know step in the decision tree. So I think it's positive. We think of things, investment cases in terms of theme and price. For a long-term, a long-time, Bollowald has had a theme of improving returns profile and i think this takes them further on executing that theme yeah it's an interesting mix that they want to focus on the earth moving equipment and also the consumer in, uh, industries business i know in terms of ingrain one of their subsidiaries if, in fact one of the largest uh, makers of starch for uh, food uh, producers is one of the businesses they want to focus on why do you think is that uh, moving away from cars uh, that are easily investable in so again, I think the um, the food exposure brings somewhat less cyclical exposure because food can consumer goods being more of a staple product. Um, um, the they're still maintaining the caterpillar business, which is a distributorship model, and I think the car businesses were added on because they had skills within um, working with um, original equipment manufacturers. In, within Caterpillar, so the same skill set, similar skill set would apply in distributing cars. But the margins are very different. So the margins in running a car distributorship are you know, below 5%, probably below 3% for that matter, operating margin, whereas distributing Caterpillar equipment 
um, and ser- subsequently servicing Caterpillar equipment, it's actually quite healthy, quite a healthy margin and high return um, business. So although the business models look similar, the returns profiles are actually quite different. So I think they've seen similarly strong margins in this um, starch business. And mining, obviously Caterpillar uh, um, derives most of its revenue out of um, the mining industry and somewhat the construction industry. That is very cyclical by nature. So I think by going into um, food production where the demand at least is a lot more stable and the margins move around with the commodity prices, but the, there is quite a healthy level of underlying demand because food is a staple. So they're just simply trying to diversify the revenue away from such cyclical industries. And in terms of PPC, a company that uh, many have forgotten about on the market, but showing some mm. green shoots uh, during the six months to the end of September, PPC reducing its net debt in South Africa and Botswana by 140 million rands. Some positive signs there for the company. Yes, I think despite earnings being you know, under pressure, I think the, the results are also distorted by um, hyperinflation accounting as a result of the Zimbabwean operations. Um, the cash flow was still positive. It's, it's, it's reduced versus the prior period, but still positive cash flow and managing to pay off um, debt. So I think earnings have declined, but we're seeing um, at least cash generation. And from a very highly geared position that PPC found itself in several years ago um, to now, you know, the de-gearing remains a positive theme. I think PPC really, the, the industry still um, has a supply overhang, and even they themselves are saying they are poised to supply into increasing demand. To me, that is code for the industry still oversupplied. Um, they've been somewhat protected from imports um, because of supply chain constraints and because of the RAND being where it is. So that's not necessarily a permanent um, um, fix for for the import problem. Um, really what we need is a pickup in infrastructure and construction um, to actually soak up a lot of the excess capacity in the industry. In that sort of environment, TPC should um, do well. High fixed cost base, they really need volumes to come through. And in terms of the local market, of course, the JSC uh, closing in negative territory this evening, all shared down uh, by more than a half a percent. The biggest losers there are the likes of Northern and Platts down five and four percent. Uh, would I be reading too much into it, into saying the commodity prices going down uh, with China saying it's going to be uh, uh, going on in terms of those strict COVID uh, conditions? No, I think that's well spotted, Matteo. Um, Clearly, commodity prices are driven, or at least expectations um, drive the prices, expectations of a pickup in demand, um, and the converse being true when people expect a slowdown in demand. So um, China, number one, is a big driver just of global growth, and um, with the U.S. and other developed markets um, raising interest rates and trying to cool inflation down, almost are crystallizing or precipitating a recession in in those um, territories. And to some extent, China coming out of COVID lockdown is meant or expected to be, you know, the the counter-attack to that recession to buffer the impact on global growth. So I think anytime we see negative news out of China, um, um, we see a risk off day like today with um, 
weakening commodity prices. But then also China specifically is a very big manufacturer of cars and mm. therefore consumer of the platinum group metals, which go into catalytic converters. So, um, yes, any, you know, we're seeing a, a, an a upsurge in COVID cases. We saw a death today for the first time in months reported anyway. So um, that is definitely dampening any hope that uh, that China will reopen soon. However, you know, I guess with in the the November um, uh, party conference, expected there was some expectation that there had been an announcement, maybe a, a softening and a, and a reopening. I think if you take a longer term perspective, though, you'd have to say China cannot remain in lockdown indefinitely. So yes, there was speculation that they would open up in March. Perhaps it's not going to be March, but if you really take a long term view. I think the probability that China is still in lockdown a year from now, two years, three years from now, the longer you shift your perspective out, the probability just goes to zero. They cannot stay in lockdown um, indefinitely, and price weaknesses or bad news like this can actually be investment opportunities. All right, breaking down the markets for that for us, there was Merrill Pig, portfolio manager at Old Mutual Investment. Coming up, we'll be looking at the Rohatton Group buying Ethos Private Equity. We'll find out what that.